Fate would like to thank Jack Rieschen and company for sponsoring this episode of Positive Space. Rieschen manufactures all sorts of painting and drawing supplies. That's oils, acrylics, watercolors, pastels, charcoal, you name it. They probably make it. Heck, they even have studio furniture. Make sure to check out Jack Rieschen at rieschenart.com. That's R-I-C-H-E-S-O-N-A-R-T.com. Welcome to Positive Space, Conversations and Art Foundations, a production of Foundations in Art, Theory and Education, also known as FATE. Positive Space is a podcast providing opportunities for those passionate about art foundations to discuss and promote excellence in the development and teaching of college-level foundations in art studio and art history classes. about with with Raymond who's the genius he's sort of the man behind the curtain in terms of this technology otherwise I would just be making like a mixtape like I have no idea how to do any of this stuff I'm like what are we are we in the internet discuss some, we could share our Spotify playlist or something I don't know <laughs> yeah. about favorite movie <laughs> but for, for sure I mean I I, I want to talk about as much as you guys want to talk about and I mean we might end up making this like a two-parter or maybe this will be like a phase two of this amazing conversation <laughs> but so what 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 else do you want to chat about what what's on your mind what do you got go go for it chris <laughs> i was gonna well, say i've got i've got stuff too i prepared oh, I, was, I was i was just saying that because i i mean i look i i'd be happy if like if, if you feel like you got enough good stuff then we can certainly stop but i just um I know that I was tickled when you asked me to do the podcast just because, you know, I spend a lot of time. I mean, in Texas, you spend a lot of time in your car because it takes a while to get to different places. Right. And so I, I listen to podcasts all the time and I'm very uh, – so I was sort of like, wow, like I'm going to be on a podcast. Like, you know, because I, I thought of all the things I listen to <laughs> from like pro wrestling podcasts to like movies and to, to art. And I was just like, man, I could, you know, I could, I could certainly get in a lot of conversations. But going back on the actual – the subject matter, um, I guess like – what I was thinking about, um, and, and I, I'm kind of, I don't have a specific question, but I was thinking about this earlier, um, about foundations, about how it changes. And I guess I'd, I'd like to, if I come up with a question in this ramble, uh, I'll try to throw it back at you. But um, <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about like the idea of foundation and how much it changes because um, I was thinking about what I taught in at WSU, my first class was an intro to digital media class, but it was a 300 level class at the time. So it was like juniors were taking a class that was like intro to Photoshop, intro to web design. Um, you know, that was 10 years ago. Now I would never offer a class like that as a 300 level class, uh, for two reasons, the Photoshop thing. Like, I feel like that has to be, that should probably be covered in a, a lower level foundations course. Uh, in fact, many of the students have those skills coming out of high school. Absolutely. And then, and then the web design, you know, web design has changed so much nowadays that even teaching like HTML to students um, is, well, it's just different than it was 10 years ago. Like there's a lot, go, a lot has changed in that field as well. Um, and, you know, I was just sort of thinking about how that's generally what happens. Like my upper level classes become foundations courses. And like, do you ever like feel that way in your experience teaching foundations that you sort of like the, either the students are getting smarter or 
I don't know if maybe it's just me becoming as impatient as an instructor. I mean, I feel like in technology, like I can justify that because students do become more technologically literate. Um, but I don't know, like, do you, do you feel like that there, how are things changing in the, in the more, in like the drawing realm in terms of foundations courses, um, or, you know, are things, have things changed at all since they, since you first started teaching it 10 years ago? You know, Uh, I I will say that, um, it has changed. I mean, certainly there's, there's plenty that remain the same, um, I guess going from uh, going back to like the the internet and the the prevalence of uh, digital technology in the pocket right at the hand, you know, because it used to be, you know, like oh, can I go to the computer lab to uh, get online? Now it's like you know, I get students that will come up and be like, I want to make this. And then, you know, they spent the last 30 minutes on Pinterest. And <laughs> and, right. and so I'll say, you know, no, you can't just make that, you know, you, you, there's you know more research and more development that needs to go rather than just finding something and copying it. Um, so I think maybe there's this, there's maybe a little bit of a, not procrastination, maybe, maybe a little bit of a, a laziness in regards to sort of the uh, construction of something creative. Um, I typically like to, uh, like in drawing two, like, uh, you know, it's a continuation of drawing one. We work with a lot of the same materials, but like in regards to uh, content, like I teach uh, like sort of themed prompts you know so we look at time or time and space or image and narrative or or text and narrative uh we look at deconstruction and transformation as a starting point to you know uh developing work um and i find that the readily accessible like internet and you know the plethora of things that are already created uh sometimes stifle the personal uh, creative discovery, that act. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I kind of going back to the difference between foundations and advanced classes, you know, I, I will say that there are, you know, students that are coming in as seniors to, uh, take the figure drawing course, which, you know, uh, I always think like, did you forget everything you, you learned in foundations? It's <laughs> like, I have to kind of teach them how to redraw. And then there's, a, but I also will say like, uh, the figure drawing course, since they are upper level students, it's kind of a great lit- litmus test for, uh, me to evaluate the effectiveness of our foundation drawing classes, because I can see what, you know, uh, the students retain, I can, I can uh, see what they don't retain, what they don't pick up, what I can personally like, uh, spend more time working on, uh, in that, you know, uh, freshman or sophomore year. Well, yeah. And, and I, I like how you asked that question, Chris, in terms of thinking about, you know, over the last 10 years and how have, how has being creative in the classroom sort of changed? And I think it's, it's definitely the internet makes it so easy to find the product, you know, like the thing that was made and the, the sort of residue of that thing, but it's often challenging to sort of have students understand that there's this whole process involved and there's all this failure and there's all this stuff that's really hideous and there's all these, you know, dead ends and, and all of that is, is really part of, of making something, you know? And I found that like, a lot of my students are very familiar with how to 
sort of how, how to look things up or how to find things, but maybe the, the process is, is less familiar and like the trial and error, like they just sort of want this really quick um, thing to happen, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, you know, I don't know if it's different now than it was when we were students, um, but like I think there's always this cloud over some of my students' heads like, look, I want to do art, but I don't want to suffer for it. Like, I want to have a family. I want to have a home. I want to be able to go to restaurants, eat out every day, buy video <laughs> games. Uh, you know, and if I can do that, yeah, sure, I'll be an artist. But the idea of, like, sacrificing to do art, it just, I don't know if it's there. Like, uh, to me, this was never a problem. Like, you had to do one thing in order to get the other thing you wanted, you know? Like, I, I, I think, um, obviously, like, you know, they're... There, it's our job to tell to tell the kids. Look, you know, if you have these crazy ideas in your mind, like you can make it happen, uh, and and there's a way to do it. And it doesn't take much for you to, you know, you can do it and make a, you know, just enough money to buy that video game. Like it doesn't, it's not impossible, uh, but it is going to take work and some sacrifice and, or time. I think that's the the biggest mm. thing I oh, find yeah. students. It's like it, you know, if you're if you're planning on you know, being the best photographer to make the most money doing wedding photography in Stephenville, Texas, then like, yeah, you just need to understand that that's going to take time and there's going to have to be some decisions and sacrifices made. Um, but at the same time, like if you want to make it happen, it's our job as professors to say, Hey, that crazy idea you have in your mind, you can make it happen. Um, of course we also have to like, you know, tell them that the crazy idea in your head is, you know, kind of tired or, or is, is maybe like hard, you know, <laughs> to accomplish like maybe they would be a better you know if they wanted to photograph pets for a living like maybe they would be better off doing that in austin as opposed to i mean you just have to like yeah you also have to tell them that too or and and i and i think that's the challenge is to tell them that in a way that's not discouraging uh you can be like well if you want to do anime this is the whole history of anime this is where people who do anime work or you could say anything like uh this is the whole history of an idea and um, this is how it's made and this is how it's produced and this is how long it's been done. Like, do you still feel like you want to do this? Then if you think you can go somewhere with that, go for it. You know, I, um, but you just, I feel like we're just trying to give them information and not necessarily give them our opinions, you know, and so, and hopefully the information will, if we've learned anything, you know, or any hard lessons in our lives, our information will, will, will be of use to them and will sort of help, help them go in the right direction. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, being being practical and but also being honest, you know, uh, but also being encouraging. It's a, a you know, a three part balance of uh, of, you know, that's the instructor's job. That's, you know, whether in a foundation course or whether in a, a you know, an upper level course, where I think a big part of what we do is we try and get the best of the student or get the best from them. And also give them the best opportunity to, uh, you know, follow that dream or, you know, make that dream a reality. Um, and some of it is, you know, difficult because you kind of have to explain that really, you know, uh, frank reality of, uh, you know, working in a creative field. I, I always tell my students, you know, apathy will get you nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like the, the least uh, desirable trait in an artist uh, and that hard work and time spent will get you everywhere, uh, you know, or at least will get your foot in the door and the rest is kind of up to you. Um, but yeah, I always tell students too, you know, take whatever time you think it's going to, uh, take you to finish this and double it because, you know, you're never going to know how long it's going to take you to actually get to the point where you're 
happy with it, where you're where you're pleased with yourself or excited about what you made, uh, until you really get in there and you start to do it and start to challenge yourself. Well, sure, and and I think it's hard when there's a student that maybe for the very first time in their whole life they spent you know three hours on a drawing and and to them that's you know the clouds have parted and that's that's a huge event for them you know and and I think that's important to celebrate but then also say well you know like imagine if it was 10 hours you know that in the grand scheme of things that's not very much time and it seems like they're they're often wanting you know all the right answers like they they want to do a good job and they they want to know well how many hours will it take me to do this and is this right or is this the right blue or should I use this yellow and um and it's it's often challenging to to get them to sort of understand that you know it's it's about the process it's about finding that and there isn't you know necessarily like a rule book on on these kinds of things yeah yeah you had mentioned process projects or, you know, projects that talk about uh, a process. And I think one of the, I, I, you know, certainly we speak to that with a lot of the things that we do, but I always try to think of, uh, have the students think of the work that they do in school is uh, experiential projects. You know, it might not always be about like the finished product, but what is the important takeaway is the history of doing something, you know, and the history that that can then inform, or, you know, the product that that can then inform uh, in the future. You know, I think that struggle is really important. The failures that we make in school are important. And it's difficult, Chris, I would say, you know, you had mentioned, you know, first uh, generation students. I have a lot of those as well. I have students, too, that are majors, uh that haven't had an art class since elementary school. And so getting them past that idea of like what I make is precious, what I make has to be the most perfect thing is a big challenge. And that's, you know, stressed in my class, my drawing one courses and drawing two courses that, you know, what we make is something that can, uh, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it will inform what we do later on. Kind of that idea of perfection is is I mean I th- I think I know at Tarleton um, we want to I think about like the value of a university education because university education is very expensive and I and I know that um, much of the kind of ideas that we're talking about um, about having students become comfortable with the process of art and trusting it uh, you know we can we can talk about buzzwords we can talk about this all day but I think like how we learned it. Was it was a process to learn the process? I mean, we, I asked the very, I asked a lot of these questions when I was um, an undergrad as well. Like I just had, you know, these these concerns that now seem silly, uh, but at the time I was I was nervous about all sorts of things, and my, I see that reflected in my students, and I'm I'm happy that I can still remember that undergrad that I was, um, and I feel like the best thing that we can do as a university to offer value to students is to, uh, as faculty to be not just telling the students, this is how it is, but also like letting them see our own process. Um, you know, having students or having faculty that are here, uh, making work for art shows and, and getting it framed and ready to go, or just experimenting with different, um, processes or doing things, uh, in the community, um, and inviting students to participate in these, in this process with us, I think is, is, is one of the, one of the, the, I guess the kind of ways that I feel like I can share the students 
I, I know that students that participate in those in those activities with me um, or that see what I'm doing and I and I end up sharing it with them. I feel like those are the ones that they get it a little faster because they they it's not just a lecture. You know, it's they can see why. Um, certain things work a certain way, how the, you know, studio time is spent. And they can also, they can connect with us too, because I can be like, man, I've been working on this thing for, you know, two weeks, this, uh, this, you know, electronic installation project, and it doesn't even work, uh, you know, or I had to like copy something from online to get it to work. Like I, I just, the same, the same things that like students go through in terms of like having to, uh, figure out problems, um, you know, we, we're still struggling with today in a lot of ways um, as artists, but we just, we don't stop, you know, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. And, and do you, I'm curious, Peter, do you work on your drawings like in class or, I mean, do you show them your artwork? I mean, how do you kind of bring them into your own sort of creative history? Yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's really important to draw with the students, to work with the students, or work around the students. Uh, so on campus, I've got an office in the actual like art building uh, that's primarily a space used for you know uh, meeting with students or you know uh, emailing and that type of stuff. Uh, but well, and I guess I have another office studio space across campus, which I don't really have too many students come by. Uh, but I I do have stuff there, and I do work on stuff in uh, Grove Hall. Uh, and I think it's always great when I am working around students. But in class, I draw with them uh, when I can. I mean, in between going around and chatting everyone's ear up about what they're doing. Like there's, there's certain times, I mean, throughout every class where I just have to kind of step back and let them do stuff rather than Mm -hmm. uh, bother them. And that's particularly in figure drawing. That's where I'll, I'll uh, do some drawings. Uh, And I think that's always a beneficial to them. Um, You know, I'll bring in work of my own uh, to kind of illustrate points or I'll bring in uh, work, from you know my collection that you know from other people that i that have collected um just so that they have a chance to see stuff in person we have a, a great museum on campus um uh, and then a gallery space on the uh in the art building which you know has rotating work which is always uh great to take them over and see um so yeah, it's it's important for them to see artists make work outside of themselves. And again, I also think too that you know when they're in an environment, you know, with other students working on things, uh, you know, facing similar kind of visual problems, uh, they learn a lot from each other. You know, and they can. Mm-hmm. Pick up, I think I think a lot of times they learn as much from uh, each other as they learn from me. Well, yeah, and I've I've found in WASH that it's it's really helpful to have, um, you know, I mean, it's great to have a critique at the end of a project and sort of it's like a final, here's, here's how this thing turned out. But I think it can also be helpful to sort of have like a moment where they can talk about the work as it's in process and sort of make suggestions and, um, you know, kind of talk about it as it's happening. Well, how did you get it to look like that? And what did you do? And what, how did you mix this purple? And, um, so that that way they can sort of learn from each other. Yeah, exactly. Well, and is there anything else you guys want to chat about? Anything? I just want to, I do want to say something. 
Um, my, in my last answer, I alluded to copying something online when having trouble with art, and I just want to clarify what that means. <laughs> uh, don't plagiarize. I just I just meant that um, that that I was I've, I'm trying to. Well, one of the things I'm doing on my own is learning how to how to program. Um, uh, motion sensors, and like, I get I get everything I, I I know from other programmers who've done it, you know, and I, I and I cite that stuff on in my in my own code as well. And I don't know if anybody's ever going to read it, but it's definitely um, that could be a conversation talking about uh, appropriation and digital. But I guess that's probably for another oh, crowd. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, always learning. I think I think as a teacher, I always one of the things I enjoy most about it is I I don't feel that different. Um, as a teacher, as I did as a student, you know, I mean, I'm still in school. <laughs> I'm still yeah. learning new things every day. Um, and I'm still surrounded by creative people. So even though I'm not taking classes necessarily with, with in video game design or in other areas that I don't know, I'm, I'm having conversations with English majors or English professors and, 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 and digital media professors and art professors. And I just, it feel it doesn't feel all that different. Like I feel like I'm in this sort of suspended, um, you know, school student, uh, mode and uh, it's really great. It's really it's really rewarding. I, I would I would have to agree with that completely. I think you know the the fact that we're we're so lucky to be in kind of this environment, this revolving door environment of ideas. Um, you know, even though you it it is this kind of like weird suspension because it's kind of like you never left uh, school in some regards. Um, I think that energy that you have when you're, you know, that energy that's in the air when you're in an art school as a student, uh, you still feel that as an instructor, uh, particularly when it gets towards the end of the semester and everyone's like frantically working and busy and kind of in there, in their groove doing things. Um, I was going to say one of the things that I had mentioned, uh, I wrote down in my little notes, uh, uh, you know, preparing for this was i think for anyone that's listening out there that is currently a a a student or a grad student uh that might be teaching i think one of the things that i wish i had done was kept a record of all the assignments i had as an art student because i think uh, what's informed me as an instructor is that experience um and looking back thinking about what i learned what what I didn't learn, what I liked to learn, what I didn't like to learn, uh, all of that's really helped shape uh, how I approach uh, teaching. You know, Chris had mentioned, you know, thinking about uh, previous instructors he's had. Uh, I think that, I mean, I do that. I, I think we all do that. You know, it shapes kind of how we approach being an instructor. Um, but on top of that, I think it's also, you know, a really humbling experience being a part of all these different students' experience and education. Um, so that, to me, is just fantastic. It's great. I wouldn't change it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's so important. I mean, because I can remember being a student and, you know, you sort of live and die by how a critique went and how you feel about yourself and what was said. And I remember just, I would overanalyze those conversations and those moments. And, you know, now that I'm sort of on the other end of it, it's, it's so, it's so important to take so seriously, you know, and how you say something and what you say and, or what you don't say. Um, it can be a little overwhelming how, um, how crucial it all is. 
I want to go back and, and hug all the teachers that I didn't like or, or gave a hard time to like growing up and just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I understand now, you know? Yeah. Chris, I, I was, uh, on, on that topic. I, I think my, after my first class at, uh, teaching at WSU, I remember emailing Julie Langsam just saying, I'm sorry. I never <laughs> talked in critique. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're drawing one class. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel your pain. Right, right. Oh man, that's funny. Well, and are are there any things sort of as as we kind of wrap things up a little bit? Are there any things um, you know that that you're excited about right now? Sort of as we think about the semester beginning, that you're gonna um, that you're looking at, whether it's like books or tips or anything that you're um, sort of fired up about right now. I would love to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> and how that relates to my art pedagogy. How, 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 how pivotal that is of, of a moment in your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's crazy because this, this will probably go live probably not until maybe the the middle of the fall semester. So you guys don't have the benefit of hearing the previous podcast that we've been recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll look forward to it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I could do some, you want me to do some, like, self-promotion or, or just talk well, about? Well, I mean, anything. I mean, just in terms of um, final thoughts, sort of, um, I mean, this isn't like a rose ceremony by any means. <laughs> but, um, I don't know if you want to give any, like, shout-outs or if there's anything that you want to, um, that, that you're sort of thinking about or that you're going to, um, you know, challenge yourself as you think about this upcoming year. Um, well, this might have only be only interest to you guys, but I have a, a solo exhibition at Elon University uh, in October. And um, the uh, that is... Um, Samantha DeRosa teaches there. So Oh great. Yeah. I she might yeah, I haven't really spoken to her much since grad school, but I guess uh, you know, people are looking out for you. So I tell my students that all the time, like, you know, networking too, like you never know the relationships yeah. that you have. Like don't burn a bridge anywhere. I don't care what, you know, reason you have, just uh keep people around. You know, you know, they're gonna help you out. And you do, you know, pay pay it forward, obviously. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um I've been reading lots of biographies lately, like a lot of a lot of photo biographies. I guess I've been, and a lot of and a lot of programming manuals. Uh, I can I can recommend a few if you guys want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe um. another- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I mean the way great. the way that that's yeah. Great. Please, someone else talk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say one of the things that I've been. Uh, looking forward to with this upcoming semester is I'm, I'm teaching painting one and I'm kind of changing the way that I'm, I've been teaching painting. So it's going to be kind of more of a survey of different types of paint. Uh, so we're going to look at watercolor and gouache and acrylic and oil paint all within one semester. Um, uh, whereas pre- prior, I just basically taught oil or acrylic uh, to the student. So I think a student had commented to me, I encouraged her to work with watercolor in the figure drawing class. Uh, and she had said, man, I wish I would have known about this a long time ago as a material. Uh, and, you know, and, and really been actively working with it or playing around with it. And so uh, that's something that I've got looking forward to outside of getting back in the groove of, of teaching 
Well, we actually, it's funny you mentioned it. We have a watercolor class on our curriculum, and it was on the chopping block. I know we talked about it, like mm-hmm. just cutting it out, and I, and because I think the, the the painting professor here doesn't has any no interest in teaching it. And I, and I, I don't know, like how how do you go about like uh, you say you're going to teach all these different mediums and or at least introduce them in one class, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll we'll kind of break the class into four parts where we're going to kind of move from watercolor to gouache and then to acrylic and you know explore different uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, methods for paint application and uh, you know image construction so looking not only I mean it is a painting one class so we're going to work with observational painting but you know look at uh, uh, non-representational work color field work you know things of things along that nature um, you know and I, I I'm sure you probably feel this way about you know both of you guys feel this way about your foundation courses I mean it's part uh, you know, knowledge base and skill set. It's also part art appreciation. You know, exposure to uh, mm-hmm. uh, different artists. Um, you know, and how you know the student can you know expand their horizons, pr- broaden their horizons, particularly in, in smaller towns uh, or smaller universities. Uh, but you know that, that expansion can hopefully lead to uh, a, a faster kind of individual uh, realization and voice within you know their work. That's the way I feel. Very very cool. Well, and I, I know that um, I know you mentioned this. Maybe you were joking, Chris, but you mentioned the Bachelor and um, how you feel like that connects to Never your. Joke. <laughs> Never teaching philosophy. And I have to say that I'm curious, and of course we could just cut all of this later, so that, that that's a relief. But um, but do you want to talk a little bit about... <laughs> do, do you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Well, let's put it this way. Like, um, my students... I do bring it up with some pride in class. You know, I'll talk about, like... Um, I'll go on for... Uh, <laughs> I'll go on for a while about, you know, like French New Wave filmmakers or, or I'll talk about like, you know, the greatest TV shows and I'll bring up the, the main, you know, the common answers like your Sopranos, your The Wire and stuff like that. Um, but I tell the students like, you know, whatever you're interested in, uh, you know, you can find content in that. Um, and uh, that's, you know, you can you can look at a book of paintings by Van Gogh and feel inspired. But all I ever do is look at a master and feel like, man, this guy's done everything before. Uh, but then I can look at something like, you know, uh, any kind of low culture and I, I, I feel like the conversations, I mean, they are happening, go online and probably find someone who's written uh, a, a theory or a, a, some sort of a dissertation on the bachelor. But I just feel like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to be picked out of that too. Like, why does everybody in the, like, no one I know likes the band Nickelback yet they sell more records than anybody in you know the country. Like I'm interested in all types of culture and I'm interested and I feel like you know, you can, you can, you can find meaning in anything. And, um, (laughs) I am surprised I'm watching the bachelor now that there's a story behind that, but you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, um, it's like Pokemon go. Like I, I want to mock that mercilessly, but at the same time, like they're using an app, which is allowing them to sort of like, uh, you know, overlay reality with a sort of like content of a video game. Like that's incredibly interesting. You know, the set is like, uh, or you know what's the word like uh, an alternate not alternate reality but um enhanced reality like maybe i should be playing this like why am i mocking it you know <laughs> yeah. right like, and and they're like going outside you know right. i mean what's yeah, what's wrong with that they're exploring things. their like, community I, yeah i, I, I feel the exact this. same way i i, I think it, it it's caught on with such uh you know this fast-paced you know 
Well, it's overcome the country, overcome the world with everyone playing it. And I always think to myself, what? why am I not playing it? Because I feel like I may be missing out on some part of culture that I should be a part of. Even though I also want to make fun of it like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have this project in my photo class where I put a map of, of the area on a wall um, and I, we just throw darts at it, you know, and like wherever the dart lands, like we're going to go to this place and take photos there. You know, it's sort of like you need to just appreciate what's, you know, what's happening around you and that sort of element of chance like that, you know, when you're, when you're making artwork, it should feel that way in some way. Like you're having fun, right? Like you're just doing something crazy. Like you're, if you, mm-hmm. you, if you're playing Pokemon for four hours a day, then if you, that's fine as long as you're doing as long as you're thinking about it like if you're going to play Xbox all night you can you can turn that that experience into something meaningful it doesn't have to be that we have to go to museums to to be inspired we don't have to to read um you know um philosophers uh roll on bars or whatever to to become inspired <laughs> like we can we can find inspiration in anywhere and um yeah, so it's it's that's I, I guess that's my bachelor thing. Like I I have thought about making work inspired by the bachelor. It's it's uh, I've I've I, I have some files on my computer that have, have been created in that in that regard, but I I haven't I haven't released it to the public yet. So. <laughs> well, and it's it's I think so important to 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 really make what's happening in pop culture which everybody's thinking about and of course our you know our entire classroom of students are thinking about and sort of how to tie that into what you're teaching or what your projects are or how to make those connections um i think is so important i mean are are there ways in which you've thought about implementing you know certain apps or certain things that are happening um you know online or in pop culture like into specific projects Go ahead, Peter. I oh, I, I was going to say, you know, I, I think it, this is really important because it's something that I encounter every single semester. Uh, and the, I guess my question always is, like, how do I uh, catch them up to what I would think are deemed as influential cult, cultural, you know, moments uh, for myself. And one of the things that I do to that regard is I create, a re, you know, not a required uh, you know, list, but I create a list of, of bands that they should at least have some sort of, of connection or some sort of familiarity with, or, uh, I mean, superficial, you know, like I don't want them to know everything about Lou Reed, but you know, they should know that Lou Reed was in the velvet underground. Or I also do that with movies and with books, you know, things that they could, uh, use as a starting point for inspiration is I, you know, I have students that have never seen, Indiana Jones movies one through three. <laughs> They've only seen the Crystal Skull <laughs> one. And I always think to myself, you know, how, how many hours did I spend with my brothers recreating uh, scenes from, like, Predator in our backyard? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that type of stuff. And how, you know, looking at that influence, but I know that they have, you know, something very similar. It's just, you know, a, a, a different time period. Or from a different time period. 
Yeah, and I feel like, now I hope I'm not making this up, but I feel like you have a project and maybe it's a drawing class or painting class where don't you have them look at a film or maybe like a still from a film and they have to use that as a jumping off point for a drawing or something like that? Yeah, so so we do, it's, it's, it's actually like kind of a process project where we'll watch a movie and I'll pause it. Uh, you know, periodically, you know, maybe 50 times I'll pause it and they'll do blind contours from the projection. And then they take that and create a, a mashup drawing of a lot of, uh, you know, a selective mashup drawing from those 50 uh, blind contours that they make. And then they uh, transfer that onto paper and they cut that out. So they have this completely abstracted sort of three-dimensional drawing existing in space that started from just, uh, you know, watching a movie. Um, but we do a taste project, and this I picked up from that uh, Art of the Assignment book that Paper Monument does, which is fantastic. Um, but it's a, a project where they have to find, uh, you know, bring in an example of a work of art. You know, and I say work of art loosely. It could be, um, a, you know, a design, a photograph, a, you know, it, it, you know, basically everything that encompasses a visual art um, and then they have to bring in a work of art that they like. They have to bring in a work of art that they don't like. Uh, a work of art that they like but suspect might not be successful. And then a work of art that they don't like but have to admit is good. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I, I do this with them every semester as well. And, you know, I show them stuff like Tim and Eric. I absolutely love Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I can see how people wouldn't like it or would be turned off or would just be like, that's, you know, what is this? Um, And so that's an example of something that I like, but, you know, suspect, you know, might not be good because it might not be perceived as good to the rest of uh, the culture, you know, particularly in the area that I'm at. So so that gets them thinking about, you know, their influences uh, a lot. And so I'll talk to them. We talk a lot about that. And they all get presentations, which is good. Well, great. And what what are your thoughts, Chris? Um, I thought about doing like a project based on some kind of pop culture moment. Well, I I I think that there is um, in my digital arts class, uh, especially the the foundations. um, I think you know we're commonly. Uh, many of the projects start with kind of a pop culture reference. Uh, like for um, uh, you mentioned before, like your, your original question was was if there were like apps that students use. Like we had a, a project where you know students would go onto like Google Street View and map like their their route home, uh, but they would like record the the route and talk about the different places they saw, uh, and we'd make like you know videos from it. Um, we did, and then we started doing. Like I, I've started doing some programming in my uh, foundation's digital art course, so like they're learning a little bit about how to like make like web maps now, and they can in, they can take that content from a video and put it into like a a sort of like a virtual tour guide of, of places they've been to, and like you know like the place where they had their first kiss, or just sort of like having them bring up memories and 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 places like that, and it's sort of like that augmented reality. We we took it a step. The the the, the biggest I've taken that project was to actually create a, a map of like the history of Stephenville. I mean, it was it was done for commer- like a the, the Chamber of Commerce, but um, we still. We're at that same idea, but instead, you know, we had to think about like using it this process, this process of trying to find interesting facts about a place, but then 
thinking about a different audience, like not just a personal project, but thinking about an audience of, of, of people that, you know, might be interested in the history of Stephenville um, and thinking about how you would rephrase things for that. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's been a lot of projects that we've done that have been, that have been taken off from other, other media. Uh, recently I've had the students um, take their, you know, their favorite movies or whatnot and turn, like we'll take a, a still from their favorite movie and then run it through an audio editing software and or or they can they can take an image and open it up in a word processing document and we can talk about like how you know playable how you can really play with the material of digital works um they don't necessarily have to be done the way that like our software dictates in that order we can take things glitch them make new new forms from it um and i and i think that's important you know it gives them a relationship with the material um that is not just the way it's been sort of uh, brought to us is the way that it has to be done. They can play with the material in different ways. And it also makes them think about, yeah, their relationship with the media that they're bringing into, into class, into their presentations. Um, and, and yeah. Excellent. That, that's, that's really exciting. I feel like this could be like a, you know, like a project session. Share? At, yeah. Project share <laughs> yeah. or a session at the next week conference or like a, regional event, you know, kind of moment, um, because I think there's, there's a lot to discuss on this and sort of how to do it and why to do it and sort of all the, all the parallels. So Chris, thank you for bringing up The Bachelor. I really appreciate that. Well, I I knew that that would just get the conversation going for another hour or so. So there you go. There you go. Well, I think there's no question. This is definitely um, a two-parter. So that's exciting. Definitely. We We can talk about my thoughts about Kanye West for the next, we'll save that for the next one. Yes, I, we, we, we might have to do a follow-up one for that because I'm, I'm very curious. Or any, yeah, yes, I mean, and Taylor Swift and, you know, the whole Ron Calvin James. situation. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> there's, there's lots to discuss, and um, it's very good. I'm glad that we were able to talk about art a little bit, though, and I was worried we might just talk about grad school and the microwave and, you know, whatever. Hot pockets, hot pockets exactly. Yeah, hot, hot pockets, pockets. that's right. Hot pockets and my coffee. By the way, wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. But thank you guys so much. Um, I really appreciate um, Chris Ireland and Peter Reichart for being being our guests today. And um, you guys take care. And I look forward to seeing you at the next Fate Conference. You too, Valerie. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to all of you as always. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> I apologize to whoever has to edit this down. Yes, Raymond um, will be yeah. sending him a fruit a fruit basket of some kind. <laughs> edible. Um, <laughs> edible arrangement, for sure. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm not really sure how to just kill this or just say, like, we're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so, um, so I think we're good. And um, Raymond's just, oh, have you guys noticed that Raymond's been, like, messaging us on the side? Has he been doing that to all of us? Oh, he has. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. so he's like, it's it's time for beer. Okay. Um, all right. Okay, cool. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks again. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode of Positive Space. 
you're interested in being part of Fate's ongoing conversations on art foundations, visit the Fate website, foundationsart.org. Don't forget, there's a dash between foundations and art. This episode's interview was conducted by Valerie Powell and was engineered and edited by Raymond Gaddy. Our theme music was provided by Lee Rosevere. Please make sure to listen to part two and join us each month for another visit to the positive space. <laughs>